This is the Gender Card Podcast from Griffith University's Gender Equality Research Network. I'm Nance Haxton, and together we will speak to the vanguard of remarkable researchers breaking down the issues of gender equality, women's leadership and gender inclusivity in all realms of life. While many important social equity programs have had to pause or stop altogether this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, one vital Griffith University project has innovatively found a way to continue. The Sisters Support Business Together project is empowering women over 50 years of age to break the cycle of underemployment and homelessness, with older women now the age group most at risk of suddenly losing their home. The program is cross-disciplinary, bringing business and social welfare experts together to tackle the underlying issues behind these statistics. And by giving older women the training and confidence to start their own businesses, it's resulting in remarkable outcomes that couldn't have been achieved otherwise. Welcome to the Gender Card. This is the first face-to-face workshop for the Sisters program since COVID-19 started its disruptive spread across the globe earlier this year, closing university campuses in its wake. But now in Queensland at the Griffith University Logan campus, participants can gather again, socially distanced of course, to brainstorm ideas of small businesses they would like to create. Participant Jane Ball says the Sisters program has opened up opportunities she could not have imagined otherwise. It's a safe place. We can share our, some of our vulnerabilities and our experiences and know that everyone's here today because they've arrived at this place having, you know, having had an experience or two that's perhaps taken them down a path they didn't really want to go down. And how did you hear about the project? Well. Actually, it was really, I think, quite a a wonderful way of hearing about the program. I I brought my daughter last year to the Open Day at Griffith University and I thought we were heading more to science direction and she said, no, Mum, we're going into business. I said, oh, okay. And so we, while she chatted to uh, Anne and Tierney and uh, others, um, Anne then spoke to me and said, Perhaps you should uh, send me your details because I think I've got something that you might really like and that was the Sisters Project. And what's your business idea or uh, that, that you're developing? Look, my, my business idea, and I might say even ideas, has come from my last years of last six years of, of turmoil in my personal life and just changes and big changes that, you know, you never see coming. Um, and really what it's come down to, what it, so excuse me for a moment, it's been a little bit about feeling the injustices of systems that certainly you can ride through. You don't really understand things until you walk that space. And you can come out the other side. And eventually you can come out the other side. And I think that it's a process of all these emotions of grieving and anger and still knowing that, um, yes, that you've got things that you can add to your life and uh, look you know I've raised uh, three three teenagers and they're 
you know, they're beautiful children, in, of course, in my view, but they are um, being a great support as well. And, and They're pretty to, proud to see you here? Yeah, I mean, they are, actually. They, they are really proud just to see me getting up and going out and doing this stuff. And I... I want them to know that I, I can do those things and and look a long time ago which I, I don't know why it's stuck in my head but it seemed important to me at the time and when uh, our Governor-General at the time said mm. to, said that you can have it all you just can't have it all at once Quentin Bryce it was Quentin a Bryce. beautiful quote and mm. it, you know it just resonated with me and that was before I even had all my turmoil of experience uh, since but mm. I think that is how I view raising a family and knowing that we both as you know your parents can contribute to a working life and a family life you know it shouldn't just be one or the other or you know that experience should be a shared experience and a shared role and we do we get into this tunnel vision of if we do this job we can't do other things and it's wrong I want to be able to write some of the injustices that I felt and that's really been about in terms of my business idea has been about you know owning our own data and that has revolves around like today in our work casualization and young children and not just young children as we know going out to get jobs but know that are they being paid the appropriate amount and, and it just shouldn't be confusing so I've got ideas around that and of course and my other you know not so passion passionate passionate about is the rental system it's long overdue for an overhaul and I think it gets a bad rap for people who do supposedly the wrong thing and I'm sure that there is a one or two percenters of the world people population that do that uh, but it's just wrong to base our rules on the fact of those two percent of people you know that actually make it hard for the rest of us so it sounds like you're uh, hoping to empower people with your business after being empowered by the sisters project you are absolutely right dr dara shah created the sisters support business together program and has had great success helping women realize their business dreams and recover the confidence lost by divorce or unemployment it's funded by the try test and learn fund an initiative of the australian government department of social services Dr Shah says that support is helping to overcome endemic gender inequality, such as the gender pay gap and generating less superannuation over a lifetime, which makes older women far more financially vulnerable. What we are trying to achieve here is empowering women. You know, we've got these wonderful group batches of women that come through, and all these women, due to life circumstances, have found themselves in situations and positions where they are... um, either fighting homelessness, you know, at risk of homelessness, or they are living in public housing. So we actually bring these women together. We uh, bring them into a training model. We say it's a sister's, you know, project and uh, the sister's family, we call it. And they all come in uh, and, you know, get to know each other. There are lots of activities. We do training for them. We provide them mentors. We do coaching with them throughout the process and also do monthly workshops. So Overall, the aim is to make sure that our sisters are confident by the end of it, you know, develop that confidence, beat social isolation by developing those networks and groups. 
have coaching so they become upskilled and at the end of the day we are hoping that all our sisters will become more employable or at least back into the labor market with their businesses or just finding a job. What I find interesting is it's this is such a business approach I suppose usually with these sort of social issues you think of social workers or but but this is very much a business approach to an entrenched problem. Exactly I think uh, a lot of people do ask me this question and uh, it has been quite interesting because when we actually started negotiating with the government about this project it was a surprise that it is coming from a business school but I think we are lucky in a lot of ways we've got the UNIS Center we've got our Griffith Business School the Policy Innovation Hub the deans everybody is very 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 strong in making sure this social impact you know or um, finding solutions to these uh, social problems and it's important that we actually integrate and we have the School of Social Work and Human Services as well working with us we get their internship students so it's a very interdisciplinary approach but I think coming from a business school and providing these training and these opportunities to our sisters really helps them and I think some people might be surprised that by actually empowering women to run their own business, that that can actually prevent homelessness. Can you explain how that happens? <laughs> it's interesting the last few months that I've been invited to a lot of these homelessness panels. And I think one of the key messages that I keep saying is, you know, we are sitting in a room and talking about homelessness issue and th- coming up with solutions. But I think the key important thing is it's like teaching people how to fish rather than giving them fish to eat. It's about, you know, once you learn how do you actually do your business, taking them on this entrepreneurial journey is the key of this project. You know, they are getting more confident. And once you gain that confidence and the networks, life is much more easier. And then you can take that next step, whether it's to take a job or whether it's your business. Either way, you have now got the skills to do it. So I think it is very, very important to actually beat this homelessness issue. Our group is 50 years and over women. And particularly, Particularly the reason why we have chosen this group is homelessness has been quite hidden amongst this group and uh, the government actually didn't even realize for a very long time that this group might actually get into this situation because a lot of them come from domestic violence situation, a lot of them have been carers for their children, for their partners, for their parents and really lost that time from the workforce while they are looking after, which, you know, we teach them that those are the skills that they have gained, which are much more important when you're doing your business as well. But I think they lose that time and they get to a point when either they have left that home, partners have left, children have left, whichever way, they get to a point where they go, now what do I do with myself? and they don't think they've got the skills or the confidence and very soon they find themselves they can't earn enough money and that's where that whole that's where it starts so it's really reconnecting people with society to some degree definitely and I think um, you know as I said by bringing women together we find those relationships as well they're just so important you know to beat the social isolation a lot of them just you know as soon as they develop those relationships they find oh I, I know I can do it you know there are so many others who are in the same boat as me everybody understands everybody becomes a part of each other that in itself is such a big step for them to go yes I can do it and from an economic perspective is it also 
a boost for the economy, bringing these women back. For a very long time, if these women haven't actually been in the workforce, they haven't actually even got much superannuation. So the dependency on the government is going to be very long term. And we've got the new start allowance or the job keeper allowance that the, a lot of our sisters are actually on. That dependency on the government, you know, this is a pathway out for them. So we, from an economic perspective, it is definitely a much bigger step. So this really is a social and an economic success story. Uh, fortunately for us, a lot of our sisters did not get that impacted by the COVID situation that mm. we are in at the moment. Did it change the program much? In a way it did because mm. we have to do a lot of things online, mm. but that actually helped upskill a lot of our sisters to learn computer skills, to actually learn how do you get onto Teams or how do you get onto Zoom. And it was really good because a lot of our workshops are now online as well. And so our sisters managed to upskill, but they actually got a lot of confidence and a lot of this uh, factor of coming together online as well, which was very interesting for a few of them. They started experimenting whether while they are waiting, whether they can upskill themselves, whether they can do something online. We did some workshops about doing businesses online and all of that in some ways, you know, got a you know, we had expected actually it's going to go crazy. You know, how are the sisters going to manage? We've now got counseling students on, on the phones as well to support our sisters. But surprisingly, our sisters were positive. They were like, they've got to that point. Now we are really happy. We are, you know, um, we are loving this connection that you're still giving us, you know, even in these times. And so overall, it was, it has been a positive experience. And for me to actually see that our sisters are doing so amazingly well. I'm just so proud of them. The project is actually funded by the Australian Government's Department of Social Services. It is through the Try, Test and Learn funding. And our partners are the Department of Housing and Public Works, which is the Queensland Government Department. And we're re always thankful to them for their support. And um, I don't think this would have been possible without their support. And I think, um, of course, our Griffith Business School is, um, you know, uh, I can say for sure, I'm really, really proud to work with them and they are a great support. I mean, it just shows that cross-disciplinary projects like this can, they're so powerful when you can cross over some of those barriers. Definitely, and I think the key important thing for any of these programs to work is for the government, the industry, for the universities to come together and find solutions with people in those positions. So I don't think without our sisters we would be able to find these uh, solutions because from where we started in batch one to where we are, we are always learning from our sisters, adapting our program, making sure that whatever model that we develop for the government is a robust model and it's developed with our sisters. So it's women in these positions that are giving us these solutions. A key part of the sisters program is mentoring, matching participants with people who guide them from business idea concept to making it a reality. Research assistant Simon Fraser has helped with that from the beginning of the Sisters Project. So one of the early members and uh, the only male member in the group, which is interesting. They've nicely titled me the Sister with Whiskers. <laughs> but uh, so my role is, is predominantly training and research and um, I get to do the training as a group in the very beginning but then also get to see them develop and grow over time as I do the research involved for the project. So you've seen a few sisters come through the program now? Since the very first and um, I'll never forget my first sister that I interviewed you know it was really quite emotional at the time she was 
in a very vulnerable position, feeling nervous and, and manifested the same. So to the point where now today she's one of the most vocal, extroverted examples of what the project can do. She's managed to start a couple of businesses, she's feeling empowered, she feels like she's worth the investment in herself and has just benefited from it dramatically. What do you think it is about the program that enables people to go through that sort of transformation? It's first of all identifying what they bring to the table so that they bring a whole raft of history and knowledge and examples of good business skills. Then trying to find a way to turn that into a business idea and linking it with a passion that they've got. That's what we're finding is really a strong part of the project. We create the network between the sisters and that's probably the biggest thing that we do because that gives them other people to talk to, to create ideas with, to run problems past, to solve amongst themselves rather than us having to solve it. They're solving it themselves. But the networking is certainly the, the best thing we offer. And it's an ongoing network, isn't it? It doesn't sort of end when they've finished their, their project here. Once the project finishes, we're hoping that this will continue forever, as, as long as they want to be friends, because it's business associates, but friends also. So it's teaching networking in a sense. Definitely. Mm. Definitely being involved in the process or developing the systems to get them to network, and, and, and that's been part of the training as well as ongoing... Uh, we do workshops afterwards, we do networking events afterwards. We really try and keep them coming together as much as we can. Sisters participants tackle head-on the declining workplace participation of women over 50, overcoming challenges such as the casualisation of the workforce, age discrimination, gender-based wage gaps and shortfalls in superannuation. Trudy Lloyd first heard about the program at a women's refuge she had to flee to to escape an abusive relationship. A friend mentioned it to me because, well, we were both homeless in um, a refuge on the Gold Coast and uh, that's how we'd come in contact and um, she had mentioned it to me and I fit the criteria. And what a fantastic opportunity to to provide some hope in that situation, I suppose. You know, I mean, it must have been a, a difficult, terrible time for you. Yeah, it was, um, it was actually nice because it was the first time I'd felt safe. And that was um, in, in the actual refuge. And they did provide support, as in getting um, accommodation and uh, financial advice. Were you able to join the Sisters program pretty quickly or did you have to wait a little while? Well, almost immediately because they had funding for the next lot, so I quickly signed up and um, was hoping I could join. Oh, that's great. It was meant to be. So can you tell us a bit about what you're thinking with your business or is that all still to come? Yeah, well, I didn't have a business idea as such. but I thought being amongst people who, you know, are brainstorming the same way, because often you start somewhere and end somewhere else with ideas. You start with an idea that evolves into something better. And have you found that support here that you'd hoped you'd find? Most definitely. Actually, I don't like authority particularly, so having... Um, I was a bit scared coming, thinking about lecturers 
controlling the situation. And I'm just so surprised at how incredibly talented they are because I, I appreciate talent. What a great opportunity. I mean, it sounds like it would be wonderful if we could get it to more women who are in a vulnerable situation like you were to, to give them hope to get out of that. Absolutely, because women are talented within their own right and um, this just reminds them and gets the focus right because we can lose focus of what's probably meaningful in life. Dr Nancy Spencer, the Griffith Policy Innovation Hub's executive in residence, says it's been a privilege to see firsthand the turnaround the Sisters program has brought to people's lives. I came over to work at the Policy Innovation Hub in late 2017 and part of my role was to connect academics into government and also government back into the university but also identify various policy problems and identify grant solutions. So I had been working with DSS in the past about the Try, Test and Learn program and also with the Department of Housing who were having their strategic plan, a focus on women over 50. So I linked DARA into the Try, Test and Learn Batch 2 because they had a priority on women who were over 50 and who were financially vulnerable. And I think it's really shown the success of that cross-disciplinary approach. It really has. The (laughs) cross-disciplinary approach around picking up the business skills out of the business school, picking up the counselling part of it, the social work side of it, as well as this holistic approach across the level of government about addressing women over 50 who missed out on superannuation, who live longer than male counterparts and who are going to need more government support unless we can help build their confidence up. So it really is about reconnecting them to society in some ways? Yes, reconnecting them and building their confidence in themselves that they can do things when they look at a lot of the younger people and they're so much more digitally advanced than what they ever were. Starting a business in today's age is much easier than it ever was before. But you need to know the steps that you have to go through for government. And government's really keen to, to get people out there working, get them engaged build their financial independence. I imagine even getting a lot of these women onto a university campus is quite pivotal as well. Yes, so a lot of them had never been to university before, certainly had never visited Logan campus or even the Gold Coast campus and they might have younger ones who are just starting into university so this has been a big step, navigating your way around a university. And from there starting your own business or getting back into the workforce doesn't seem quite so daunting. That's, I think that's true. They are very keen to try, a bit worried about failing, but willing to give it a go. And they've got, when you sit down and talk to them, they do have a lot of skills there that they've learnt through getting kids to school. Their time management skills are amazing, how they can juggle kids to sport, kids to school, this one here, this one there. So they've, they've got those skills and they've got the networks. They just need to be reinforced and expanded. And it does have social benefits as well as economic? Yeah, I think the long-term social benefits are there. A lot of these women, they're first coming onto the university, their children are so amazed that they've, mum's going to university. And then therefore they're 
they'll be good role models for the next generation. And also that aspect of preventing homelessness sounds pretty crucial. Yes. Homelessness is, is creates a whole lot of problems if you don't have a, a fixed address. So having stable housing and being able to sort of see that you've got stable housing, whether it's in your own home, having the confidence to downsize or even in being in social housing, having that confidence is, is very important. What are some of your favourite success stories? Can we talk about those or some of the women that you've, you've met? There's so many. Okay. From Fateh in our first batch, who's now making cushions and selling cushions in some amazing Samoan colours, through to ones who are, are now back running taxation services. So just through chance they'd had accidents or cancer, therefore had either lost their home or lost their job. And then now, you know, she's now back running a taxation clinic. So that's just so good. It must give you a lot of satisfaction to to see women get back into what they've, they've loved and, and lost contact with. Yes, I've seen them blossom over, over this last 12, 18 months, just seeing their confidence and their willingness to share with the other sisters. But the commonalities of what they've been through, of just having, you know, yeah, I struggle to do IT, or, but I'm willing to learn. You show me how to do social marketing and I'll do social marketing. When you look at women over, over 50, and when superannuation became compulsory, most women in my age group, because I'm in that same age group, only have about half of the superannuation as, as what their male counterparts are, just by the fact that they've stayed home and had families, done, looked after the kids while they were at school. And so they are behind the eight ball for, for being financially independent and having that buffer against things that life throws at you the car accident the cancer diagnosis your job becoming outdated if you've gone back into the workforce it's no wonder without that buffer that's that some women struggle yes yeah they do struggle and then if their partner passes away or they're divorced then homelessness is a real issue so great to empower women back yeah, the, it's, I think that is the biggest benefit out of this program is the empowerment that the women get, that they feel that there's a network and that there is a future for them. This episode of The Gender Card. This podcast was produced for the Gender Equality Research Network by Nance Haxton with production assistance from Michael Adams. Stay up to date with this Griffith University podcast on SoundCloud. Speak to you again soon.